Joe's like, oh, there's a little private theater playing Gun Nuns 3. Like, for one night <laughs> Gun only. Gun Nuns! Okay, somebody out there want to make a poster for Gun Nuns 3 right now? Because that sounds fucking amazing. If Whoopi's not in it, I'm not watching it. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if that's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Martin. Martin went 132 episodes over five seasons on Fox. Today we're talking about episode one, Beauty and the Beast, originally airing August 27th, 1992. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me as always, the boys, Gordo, Nick, Joe, and Ferg. What's going on, guys? My Grab my ears. That call from Eisenhower. Hello. How's everyone doing this week? Living Damn the dreams. Not Gord- very good. I saw boys in the hood. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Gordo, welcome back. Oh, thank you. You guys uh, wearing pants today? Yes. Are- I've been for- living in gym shorts for the past three days. I'm wearing pajamas right now. I only wear shorts to sleep. Is there a punchline? Because he's already grinning. But uh, I'm in like gym because shorts. I shit because mine. Because <laughs> <laughs> I shit mine. Ha 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 ha. You guys didn't do the voice last week. We did the voice last week. I recall doing it. Pretty sure After. I did it. You edited the show. They definitely <laughs> <Yeah>. did it. <laughs> a very good episode last week, guys. Thank you. I enjoyed Thank you. it. So for those of you who want to listen, we did uh, The Last Man on Earth. If uh, you're new to us, check that out. That was our last episode. And any episode you want to go back to, it's all on the feed. Uh, Spotify, Apple, anywhere you listen to podcasts, we're there. I can't think of any platforms. You won't find us. Uh, S1E1Pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to all that stuff, all our social medias. S1E1Pod on Twitter, Instagram, all that. Give us a follow, interact, like, subscribe, all that fun stuff. But yeah, uh, let's just get into Martin uh, to let everyone know the reason we're even doing Martin. The reunion for Martin is coming out this week, the release day of the show, actually. So we just thought it was fitting to kind of tie those things together. Uh, Martin, a big show uh, from the 90s. So obviously it was a show we were going to eventually tackle anyway. So it just kind of sunk up. Instead of Greenlight or Cancel for this episode, can we vote Shanae Nay or Shanae Yay? Sure. Sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know how the. Yeah, okay. Uh, spoiler alert: anything with Shanae is a Shanae. <laughs> so yeah, so Martin, obviously an iconic show, uh, starting in the early '90s. I assume you've all watched it, but it's always worth checking. Anyone hadn't seen Martin? I've never seen a single second of this show. Really? Really? Yeah. Really? <clears throat> I like. I've I always heard of it, and I remembered the intro. Um. So I guess I've seen that. I'm sure I, was, I have seen it. I was just... going to make that comment, even if you've never seen it. Even if you've never seen Martin, you know the theme song. Yeah, um, but I don't remember any of the characters, the plot whatsoever. It was, it was all new to me. Interesting. I, yeah. I watched this a lot as a kid. Yeah, me same. Too. Not a lot stuck, though. I mean, 92, we're six years, I'm six years old at the time. So it's not like there's a ton that stuck with me, but there are little things. You mentioned Shanae. That's obviously something that I remember. But yeah, I'm surprised you hadn't seen it at all. Even Gordo saw it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's rare, man. 
That's rare that I've seen something in No, the old Gordo watched a lot of TV. Yeah. Yeah, we did. I mean, I can't say that I remember a whole did you, lot. Did you say we? What are you, Venom? Ferg said we watched a lot of TV. I we'll have to check the tapes back. Gordo, I could have said, in all yeah, fairness, Gordo was most of the time at my house and correct. I always all had right. TV on. So. Thought he went into Venom mode. No. Ferg and I have definitely watched a lot of Martin when we were younger. So the the show opens up with Martin in the radio station where he works. Martin Lawrence in the show plays Martin Payne. But in the opening segment, it's he's like doing a monologue in the radio station with like just kind of a spotlight on him. I thought this was very strange. Uh, essentially, he's talking about, it's a little thing about he's with a girl for four years. He bought her a hat, scarf, t-shirt, sweater. They broke up, but he let her keep the sweater. I uh, can't put a price tag on love, but the sweater really put him back. Is that like from his stand-up? Because I assume he was a stand-up comedian. He was a stand-up. He was, yeah. yeah. That's the thing. Look at Seinfeld and even Mulaney, which we, we covered. Yeah, but Seinfeld was doing it on a stage in a comedy club. This looks like a one-man show at like an off-Broadway theater room. You know what I mean? It's really weird. It's more of a monologue. There is a punchline, but it's not a big joke. And it doesn't tie into the episode at all. No, no, it just kind of ends. And right, if says, the whole episode was about Gina and a sweater, you'd be like, oh, okay, I get what they were setting us up for here. Yeah, like it was a little tease or something. But gave me is... vibes of um, hanging with Mr. Cooper, how they had the whole intro at the beginning. Um, in the pilot? That one was yeah. different. <laughs> yeah, so... The, that whole 90s show thing. They, when it was a new show, they had to have the weird, like, opening. Hey, yeah, you know and... Guy, like, and this is in front of the studio audience, because you hear real people laughing. So he was doing this for people. I mean, I didn't particularly find this very funny. I think Martin Lawrence is really funny, but this, I didn't understand the tone of it. It was very out of place. And it was weird, because it, it ended with the, we'll be right back. and. It was like a little bit of a fourth wall break there. It just didn't really fit the show. And I don't, we're only rating the pilot episode anyways. So it kind of doesn't matter if it happens in the future. But I don't remember if it was past episode one, if this was a continued thing that would happen in future episodes. I, I don't have a strong not. enough memory. Yeah, I don't, yeah I, don't, I don't recall it being in other episodes, but I think if it, you know, it's, it's probably a smart thing to not keep doing it because it just does, it's totally a weird shift what the show is. The show is very slapsticky, comedy, punchy jokes. Having somebody do a fucking Shakespeare monologue in the beginning of it is not ideal. This is also the golden age. Gordy, you mentioned earlier, if he was a stand-up, this was the golden age of like every stand-up comedian getting signed to do some sort of a sitcom that they were the star of. Yeah, this is yeah. Home Improvement, Everybody Loves Raymond, Seinfeld. King of Queens. King of Queens. What I like about shows like this, I mean, I love Seinfeld for being a little different, where Jerry is himself in a way, where he's a comedian, right? Because then they don't shoehorn in the work part of it. But I do love this one. This is a third TV show we've done so far about radio stations. I thought it was pretty interesting that radio stations and audio format is so interesting visually. Like, we, we as People like watching the inner workings of a radio station because all of the shows that we've covered have been really successful that did. I think when you look back, like the early 90s, radio was so big in you know our childhood and obviously before that. And it was just one of those things. You didn't get a, a lot of glimpses into the behind the scenes. A lot of your favorite you know radio hosts, you never physically saw for years. You had no idea what they looked like. It just They're wasn't- all ugly. The media wasn't out like that, yeah. 
other than like Howard Stern, who became this juggernaut and had a television show to accompany it, you really didn't see NBC. Yeah, you didn't (laughs) see what the radio stations really looked like. So I think there's just an interest because of the unknown, because you were invested in listening to radio, but you didn't really get to see how it all worked. And there's a lot of radio stuff through the times too, right? If you think of like Play Misty for Me was a big movie in the 70s. In the 80s, you have like just going from film instead of TV. In the 80s, you have talk radio was a few years before this. And then Airheads is right after this. Um, uh, like you said, Howard Stern's Private Parts is only a few years after this. There's a lot of radio love going on. And did you guys notice the um, the station is WZUP, which is just was up? Was up? up? Which no, I want to say, I have to say, it's probably a gag taken from WKRP, right? Where they were like, we have to make the call letters funny. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was obviously intentional. I can't remember if they ever touch on in this episode where it's supposed to be located. I don't, I don't think they, think said they anything. do. But we're going to have to ass- assume east because of the W. Right. They're at least east of the Mississippi. Because yeah, up wouldn't really make much sense. Because <laughs> up. Kazam. Oh, Kazam. That's a, that's a whole different thing. Also, uh, I won't get ahead of it, but one of the people, one of the like, actors in this, you know, I like to like poke around on some other stuff people have been in if I don't know them very well. One person in this was in one of those TV shows, what type of TV shows we always talk about, where they try to make a sitcom out of a movie that I had never heard of before and immediately needs to go on the list of when we do a block of those shows. What's it, The Odd Couple? No, it was Uncle Buck. <laughs> There's oh, an Uncle Buck TV that? show that lasted I've for seen, a year. Oh, yeah, I've, seen, yeah. I've seen the pilot. Oh, have you? Well, yeah, I bet we're all going to see it at some it's point. It's all on YouTube. It came out about 10 years ago, so if I, if I remember... No, I think it was way before that. I think it's early 90s. But do you guys think this really? opening would have worked if it was the monologue, him on the radio station saying that? Maybe. Maybe. It, it, it might have made a little more sense. It's not the tone of his normal radio sta- uh, show, but yeah, because this just didn't, it just didn't make sense. I just don't know why it happened. You kind of exit it not knowing why you just watched that. Yeah, put him on the radio and have him doing the same type of character he does when he's on the radio later, and it definitely works. But so we don't spend an hour talking about the first minute of the show, let's uh, transition right from there is the actual intro. And the intro is pretty basic. It's kind of flat color backgrounds, and you kind of have these videos of all the characters from the show over them with their names. Um, the song is not, it's not the song that you really come to know. It's, it changes in season two on, but it is, um, it's similar. This version. My aunt. Lawrence. <laughs> it also has uh, very bright colors and, uh, it sort of reminds me, you know how the Cosby show theme changed a bunch of times, but there was one season where you just see Bill Cosby come out of like the side, it'd be out of camera range and they'd be like, <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of that going on in this. Can you try to do your best to describe what you did for those listening? Oh, yeah. He sort of makes funny Bill Cosby face, the like, face, but he comes out from the side to his profiles, and he's... <laughs> so I was... I, hold on, it's almost hold like on. the Chuck Berry duck walk across well, my computer well, I was going to say, again, I was like, Joe, can you please describe it for those listening? And then Joe proceeded to do the same exact thing. I don't I was trying to talk myself through it, too. I don't know. It's hard to describe that. Funny face sideways guy. Uh, you yeah. know Bill Cosby, then you know. Bill Cosby, who does come up later in this episode. He does come up later in the episode. Yep. <laughs> they do mention three of history's greatest monsters in this episode. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll we'll get into that when we get to it. 
The other thing I want to mention about the intro is that this is the first time you would obviously see that Martin plays multiple characters in the show because you do get a glimpse of him as other people in the intro. I didn't remember that he played other people. Really? Really? You didn't remember Shanene? No, I don't. If that's like, if there's anything that I would take out of this, like now at 36, talking about a show from when I was six, it would be the fact that Shanene was in the show. We are almost, you know, 30 years to the date in a couple months from when this debuted. And that's why the was the biggest thing I always remembered. I always remembered the mustache and the butt. (laughs) (laughs) Because they give Shanene such a funny butt. There were some great compilations on YouTube of Shanene. And I wasn't even for this show. I just watch them all the time. All right, well, if you want to throw those in the chat later, I'll be watching those. <laughs> <laughs> Kelsey's going to wake up at three in the morning and look over and just be giggling watching Shanene best of <laughs> <laughs> So from there, we get to the actual intro of the show, uh, the opening scene, rather. And Gina, uh, who's Martin's girlfriend, enters the living room area and she's singing as she's getting ready for work. And right off the bat, I'm like, this is clearly just to showcase the fact that Tisha Campbell, the actress who plays her, can sing very well. Because it was very out of context. She's just like singing, not in a style you would to yourself. It was like very loud and out there and as she's getting ready. Yeah, it's not how you sing when you're like putting your jeans on in the morning. How do you sing when you're putting your jeans on in the morning, Joe? When I was a young warthog. (laughs) That's usually what I do. (laughs) Uh, does anybody, has anybody, like, so Tisha Campbell, or is it Tisha or Tisha? I think Tisha. Thought it was Tisha. I think it's I'm Tisha. That sounds sorry right. if I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah. If everyone else is wrong, I'm sorry. But has anybody here seen Ferg? I feel like you must have. But Little Shop of Horrors, the movie, oh, the remake yeah, movie. Yeah, of course. With Rick Moranis. You know the three women who were singing through the whole movie? They're yeah, almost on like a, in the background and stuff. Yeah, like the yeah. Crystals or Ronettes or a girl group. Uh, that's Gina and Pam are two of them. Oh, neat. Cool. And it's funny, we rewatched that, I don't know, maybe two or three months ago, not that long ago, I hadn't seen it since I was a kid, and immediately I was like, damn, Gina, and then I was like, oh wait, that's Pam too, wait, half of the girls on Martin are in this? Like, I just hadn't seen it in so long, I forgot. Are you saying half the girls because you're counting Shanene as one yes, of the I girls am. from my- well, I that's wish Shanene was and, one of them. And just Mama Payne. Yeah. <laughs> there are four women in this show, yeah. <laughs> two of which are Martin Lawrence. And then the apartment itself, because we're seeing it for the first time, pretty standard sitcom apartment. I wouldn't say anything really stands out about it, but I think it's one of those, you don't really have to, I'm bringing it up, but you don't really have to talk about it because the the listener, if you hadn't seen it, it is exactly as you picture it. What's weird is I, I took note of the fact that A, there is a uh, do the right thing poster on the wall. <laughs> which Martin is in. Which Martin is in. It's his first movie. Which I love that movie. Oh, that movie so rules. meta. So it's a little meta, but I thought that was like a funny, nice touch or whatever. And his apartment, even when they go in his bedroom, you know, everything is sort of organized, like you'd say. But there are two things in his apartment that do not make sense. So I'm glad that you brought this up because I don't know if you noticed this. Uh, one is that his door just has a boomerang on it. He's in the movie. I noticed boomerang. that in the, in the bedroom. Yeah, in the bedroom. I don't think he was in the movie boomerang when this happened, by the way. <laughs> so he just decorated like some set designer. It was like poster here, all this cool stuff blah 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 fucking boomerang on the door it's like okay boomerang. and then if you notice did you see his tv boomerang. in his bedroom uh boomerang <laughs> came out in 1992 well fuck me then okay that makes sense now all right well the tv still doesn't make sense because his bedroom <laughs> is set up like a hospital room or a bar because yeah, he's the TV got like, did throw me off a little yeah, he's bit got a crt yeah, tv yeah. mounted to the wall on one of those like 
big flat uh things because he's in radio that's fancy you didn't do that back in the day maybe no, jack that cuba gooden jr was in radio <laughs> okay that took me a second i was like gordo he has a really weird tv because he's in radio it what <laughs> so uh after we have gina singing martin then enters you know shortly behind and he's in a bathroom also singing not as good obviously and she kind of might argue better no uh, I don't think one would. <laughs> so uh, she basically kind of calls him out on that and says that he's not that good. He restarts singing and kind of does like everybody. Um, not like that at all, actually. But he does like a lot of vocal runs with it. And then. How do you do it, Jake? I can't do it right. He, um, he just oversings it. He does a lot of like vocal oh, okay. runs so while you, he's singing. You can't everybody. do the impression of it? Let's no, see. It. I sang. I can't sing. All right, fine. Then do Bobcat Goldthwait. I did yeah, sing, I but I did say, it Please do right. Bobcat Goldthwait then. Moving along. Jay, you know there's only <laughs> one way you can stop this, right? By perfecting an accent uh, or a vocal thing that I can't currently do uh, no, over a bunch just, of time. No, you can just try it and maybe just it'll Just do it Gordo. shitty once. How many shitty voices has everybody done on this show before? I've a done lot. some myself, but I think that maybe if I give it enough time, I can do that one. I don't think I really can, but anyways, to talk about <laughs> Martin... I'm a talking bunny. <laughs> like Joe is like a whole week ago. I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> That's my favorite line from Police Academy 2. If you guys would like to go back to our Unhappily Ever After episode, some of this will make more sense to you as well. It won't. Yeah, <laughs> it record, won't. For the record, three out of five of us have done the impression yeah. now. That is You're true. Big guy. Nick, Anyways, how's your impression going? I'm a talking bunny. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. Nailed it. Now, Jay, odd man out. We're 80% here. Yeah, maybe yeah. next week. Next week, oh. guys. Stick around next week. It's the nip all over again. So he says everybody. And then as he continues to sing, restarts by saying everybody was kung fu fighting. And as he sings that, starts kind of attacking her playfully, like with karate and chasing her around the couch. She says <laughs> he's going to wrinkle her clothes. So he does that dubbed kung fu movie voice impersonation that everyone did or does still to this day and tells her to take them off. Not to bring up Please Academy again, but that gave me strong Police Academy vibes too. I'm with you there. Punky. <laughs> so I would say at this point, we're only a couple minutes into the episode and they already are establishing that these two have really good chemistry. And are very musical. Well, she is. <laughs> Quite he's singing too, though. Couple. You don't have to be good to be musical. But he's not good at karate. Shit at karate. Yeah. And, you know, not to go ahead, but as we see the entire cast, everyone really blended really well. I would say throughout the whole episode. It, it felt like they were all familiar with each other, but a lot of them did have, like you had mentioned with Pam and Gina, the, the two actresses that played them and worked together in the past. So maybe they did kind of target a lot of actors that knew each other, worked with each other. Because they did all feel very much like a unit early on in this first episode. Suck my unit. It's probably... <laughs> damn it, Koto. It's probably what? like they, they bring in these celebrity like comedians and they're like, all right, I'll sign the contract, bring my friends in. It's one of those type of things. Well, yeah, all, all these guys yeah. try to usually get at least a couple of their buddies into these projects. Are they all friends? So it's like the chemistry is built in already. I don't know if they're all friends. There's some stuff where the... I, you know, if you read up on it, Actually, Martin and Gina kind of had a falling out later on. 
we won't get too much into that. Yeah. It looks like everything's there doing a reunion now. Same thing with Martin and Cole weren't really getting along in the last season. But who knows? Maybe they they all started off close, but fame and time together can cause all types of stuff. Time heals all wounds. 30 years yeah. later, you yeah. know, as we see. Sadly, you know, Tommy won't be in the reunion. Tommy is... Uh, yes, R.I.P. He passed um, away super young. Yeah. He, oh. um... Yeah, it's very sad, actually. Uh, Thomas Ford, he died. He had a ruptured abdominal aneurysm. Uh, died oh in 2016, God. yeah. God, that's terrible. So even, uh, it is nice. Again, the Martin, if you're listening to this day it's released, the Martin reunion episode came out today. Um, And if you're listening to it later, it's already out. But they do, in the previews for it, they do shout out to Tommy and, you know, say that it's dedicated this, to him. This reunion is uh, in the same vein as, like, the Fresh Prince one, I imagine. It looks kind of like the Friends one. They recreated the set, and they're doing a little bit. It's obviously not out yet as we're recording. Yeah, but um, it looked a, it gave me the a little bit of the vibe of the Friends one, but probably a mixture of both. Fresh Prince kind of recreated the set a little bit too, didn't they? They were in the house. Yeah, yeah, they did the house. But I mean, I mean, what else was there on that show? There, there was like the that like cafe, but that was only when they were in college. It yeah, pretty the much. Pool, yeah, the, house. the pool house later on. Yeah. So, yeah, so she then uh, tries to get him to stop playing and says some of them have real jobs and need to go and kind of insinuating that his radio job isn't a real job. He like, says, we know it's bullshit because of uh, WKRP in Cincinnati. We know what they make in the radio. Yeah, this well, is, this is pre-internet when radio was still ruled supreme, you know. Look at us. You mean to tell me this isn't a real job? Yeah, this is why none of us have actual jobs that we do. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, this is what we do full time. And he um he does comedy. He says he does a lot of research for the show, which I can attest it. You know, there is a lot of behind the scenes work into doing any type of audio project like this. Right. And he's talk radio. He's not he's not like a DJ who plays right. records. He's full talk radio. So he's so, talking all yeah, the time. Yeah, he needs to be prepared. She does mention though that in yesterday's episode, uh, you know, in argument to how much research he does. He was talking about how Red Fox was still alive. Red Fox had died in October 91. So about a year after, um, you know, is when this episode came out. So not super long. It's not like he died 20 years ago. You could have missed one celebrity, I guess, when, when things like that happen. Do you think it's hard when somebody like Red Fox, who made his entire career faking dying, do you think he was, like, worried that nobody would believe him? Like, he'd be, like, eating dinner and be like, I'm coming to see you. And they'd be like, yeah, good one, Red. And he's like, no, fuck, I'm really going this time. They just okay. finish dinner and he never gets it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Martin does joke that he did fake his death. That's his belief because Red Fox owes so much in taxes. So that was the only way to get out of it. So anyway, so Martin then questions why she's always dogging his show and says he's just, uh, she says he's just being sensitive, like when he cried when they watched Beauty and the Beast. Immediately, I thought, Ferg. Beauty and the Beast never got me. Ferg, can you name a couple Disney movies that have made you cry? Oh, a Goofy movie gets me every time Goofy's sad. Uh, (laughs) Hi, Dad uh, Soup. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Up gets me in the first, like, two minutes. Well, Up is unnecessarily depressing in the beginning. That movie is specifically made. (laughs) What about, like, if you're going classic Disney? The end of Toy Story 3. Oh, they're all holding hands. Yeah. Uh, any Toy Story movie has a good cry scene hey, in it. Jay and Ferg, what about Never Been Kissed? Joe, no, that'd be Jay and Joe. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're asking if we both cried at the end of Never Been Kissed and Jay's mom fucking relentlessly sitting, made fun of us for it, just sitting in Jay's living room, and I look over and the oh, two of Jay you are crying. Cried, never been kissed. I'm teared sorry, up. What what is sad and never been kissed? She so doesn't come out to the mound, and she's, she's out there waiting the to be kissed. And she's not going to be kissed. The, the clock sad. runs down to zero, and he didn't come out, so she got stood up or felt that she just got stood up. Oh my god. We were like 18 at the time. I feel like there must have been something going on. Yeah, testosterone levels were all over the place yeah. at the time. <laughs> you know what? He shouldn't have come out. She lied to him. Is there, um, other than Fergu Cries and Everything, is there any movie or TV show that typically gets you guys? I will cry like a baby at the end of Stand By Me every time. The- that one is like a guarantee. I'm not trying to flex here or anything, but I typically don't get got by those things with one exception the green mile the green i, I still to this yeah, day can't watch one. i can't watch the end of that movie so like, i was I'm gonna just, bring like, it up shut it off um but uh that's really the only one I, i'm usually pretty good when we were in high school in american film we watched the green mile and that was the first time i ever saw the movie so uh <laughs> i don't want to spoil too much about it if you haven't seen it but you should have by now but there's a scene where Michael Clark Duncan's character is essentially on death row and you kind of have like a last wish or whatever it would be. And he says like, uh, never saw me a flicker show. <laughs> so they have him watch a movie for the first time and he's watching Fred Astaire singing and dancing to um, the song Cheek to Cheek. And he's watching it so wide eyed and excited to see a movie for the first time. And I'm in class quivering. And I'm like, I'm about to start sobbing in the middle of school. And I'm like, hold it in, hold it in. And the bell rang to end class right at that point, And I booked it out of the fucking door before it got me. You ran the, to the bathroom. I was cry. so, I, I didn't end up crying, but I was so close. Like I was fighting it for, for dear life. I thought I was going to go. You know what I didn't even think about too? The end of that movie coupled with the fact that Michael Clark Duncan is actually dead now would kill me. Doesn't help it. Yeah. 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 Uh, recently, I had one where I literally was inconsolable crying to the point where Kelsey was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? This is sad. But like, I like couldn't handle it was the end of the new James Bond movie, which is the fucking funniest thing to say ever. But I was fucking like red faced crying. Couldn't stop it from crying. Couldn't hide it from crying. It was that bad, you know, where like you can't not show that you are. There's uh, nothing sad one. in that movie. The end of the new James Bond movie? Oh my god, he gets blown up. Spoiler alert. <laughs> it is a spoiler. Yeah, That's a big spoiler. That's literally why do this. Why do you always fucking do this? It was like big news. No, and it was old by now. None of us had heard of it. I would well, say three of us did not know about it. The internet. Asshole. Well, now that you know, it's incredibly sad. It's not in the least bit sad. It's like an actiony thing. I, for somebody who cries at a goofy movie to not feel the emotion <laughs> at the end of the James Bond movie is so weird to me. You could say he was shaken, not stirred. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got one. You finally got one. There you go. That was good. <laughs> Nobody could even try to no-sell that one. Perfect. Yeah, I, li- I like that James Bond, and Joe admittedly a big James Bond fan, it gets him when he blows up in, in a movie, and, and Ferg, who saw We gotta win. put a spoiler alert now, because yeah, that movie's we, not we, that we lit- old, we, and we it is old. It's been out for like two years. Anyways. The one with Batista? 
No, that's yeah. the one before it. Oh, so, yeah. Oh. So Ferg, who cries when a cartoon dog is eating soup with letters in it. No, I cry when Max yells at him and he gets really sad eyes. <laughs> they drew those eyes so sad. <laughs> I'm sorry, Goofy's one of like the nicest characters in all of Disney, and they have his son be mean to him and kill his wife. And fuck you, Disney. <laughs> so to anyone listening to us for the first time, we're not this weird all the time, right? And now the last time. <laughs> yeah, I- yeah. Yeah. Thanks for trying. See you later. Thanks, thanks for giving it a shot. Anyways, he um I to go back. Martin, I thought, kind of had a good point by saying, like, you know, I get good ratings and I'm getting paid. Like, you should be a little more supportive. Why is she kind of, like, dogging his job so much? I would think that he gets paid kind of good, too. I mean, that's technically entertainment. Like, that's not. And like you said, it's the height of radio. So he's not making, like, chump change like maybe radio people are now. Well, I imagine when Garrett Morris comes in later on, who's the station manager, he kind of makes it seem like it's a pretty, uh... Run a little bit of a budget. Budget, yeah, conscience, uh, you know, enterprise. So maybe he's not getting paid a ton of money, but he's doing it because he wants to be on the radio, so he's taking a pay cut to do his passion. Also might go to the fact that, I mean, radio hosts only work typically four hours a day. So maybe she's just like, you know, she's doing Well, you're on air four hours, but again, prep time and everything else. I would say for her, maybe it's because she has a more stressful job. Yeah, I think so. She, she, you know, she has to go through so much in a day, and she looks at his job as fun, so she kind of discredits it. I thought it was bitchy, but I don't think she meant it. I think it was just harm, like harmless ribbing, like you know, they back and forth kind of thing. So then uh, she has to go to work, and he's trying to get like a kiss from her before she leaves. But she said only if he does one thing for her, he has to attend a party her work's throwing. And he wants nothing to do with this. He doesn't want to hang out with those dry zombies, as he put it. And you guys touched on it earlier. He said he always gets trapped in the corner with some guy named Bob. Going, listen, Martin, I just saw Boys in the Hood, all right? <laughs> I didn't know, Martin. I didn't know. <laughs> this killed me. Also, Boys in the Hood yeah. is a good cry movie the first time you see it. The end of that movie yeah. is pretty fucking sad. You know what ruined that movie for me was Beacon Rewind. <laughs> What's happening to our hood? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's kind of, it's so funny, but like that movie is so serious. <laughs> also, another, not to fucking be weird, but another movie that I use a quote from all the time. That Boys in the Hood or Beacon Rewind? Boys in the Hood. Okay. <laughs> when Ice Cube yells at the end, he's like, get that baby out of here. Don't need to be seeing this. I don't know why, but anytime I hear a crying baby, I yell that. <laughs> Boys in the Hood rules. What a good movie. And every time you hear a baby crying and then the parent of said baby hears you yelling that at them, they go, who the fuck are you? Yeah, they get punched <laughs> in the Hannafords. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so she says uh, his friends aren't any better like Cole. And then they kind of joke about him not having thumbs. And he says he doesn't need them. He can only count to eight anyways. We do see Cole later in the episode. I, I was going to say this joke would have been fine if they didn't show Cole at any yeah. point. They should have used maybe a made-up friend and not one that you could see later in the episode who has thumbs. Or if they had him in the episode and he's, like, struggling to hold a beer. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's so hard with no opposable thumbs, like a cat trying to open a door. It was just, like, a weird joke to begin with, but then soon later, you meet the character. Well, no. They were making, like, the advanced having opposable thumbs reference. Like, that's yeah, what separates, like... you know, smarter animals from... From the less smart ones is that they no, have because they said thumb. no thumbs and then he said the count to eight thing 
because even if you don't have an opposable thumb, you still have all ten fingers. Well, then but I don't if know. You don't have thumbs. No, you you have eight fingers. All right, eight fingers and two thumbs. Can we not well, have another have math thumbs. argument? Every time we have a math argument, it hurts my brain. <laughs> because, <laughs> because ultimately, someone starts spitting out numbers that I can't get my head around why they think that's correct. <laughs> so I do love the idea that right now, though, we're having a math argument over the number eight, which is probably the lowest math yeah. argument we've ever had. It's not a math argument. I'm, I'm saying it, even if it's not unopposable, they still have the thumb. Yeah, it still counts. Unopposable. You can still count with it. You can get to 10 using those digits. But they say he doesn't have thumbs. Exactly. exactly. That was my point. <laughs> I'm so confused. Are you talking about <laughs> like too. What else nubs? is new? <laughs> Does he have nubs is a good question. Yeah. Is he have nubs? No, he has full thumbs. Do you see him later? Yeah, <laughs> I pay very close attention. Does. What is Gina suggesting? Is she suggesting he only has eight fingers or four fingers on a hand and a nub? I just thought he was born funny. <laughs> Regardless. <laughs> Regardless, the man has normal hands. <laughs> so as she's leaving again, he, uh, he demands that she gives him uh, his sugar. And as she comes close to give him a kiss, he tells her to grab his ears. And is that a thing? Martin's known to have big ears, but I don't know if that's a thing. I've never asked a girl or anybody to grab my ears. Yeah, like do people like their ears grabbed when they're kissed? I think he was referring to like, pull me, pull me in, like, you know, pull me closer, tiny dancer, like, you know, like, pull, like, grab the ears and pull. I was giving air blowjobs right now. <laughs> I was wondering if we let him go how many times yeah, how many times he keep say saying it. it. I was waiting for one of you guys to say, oh, Gordo, that's a great point. But you didn't make a great point. You don't want me to lie. What are you talking about? That is a great point. You pull your ears in and you go. Mm. <laughs> He's going Just like that famous line, pull me closer, tiny dancer. <laughs> <laughs> that Maybe she has an ear fetish. I don't know. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. Do you, hold on. Do you think that's the line? Yeah. It's not. Hold me. Not pull me closer, <laughs> Tony Danza. <laughs> So uh, they do eventually kiss, and you hear a knocking at the door. They get worried because they both know that it's Mama. Gina is nervous because she doesn't want her to know that she stayed the you know overnight. Uh, how old are they? They've got to be like thirty. I know. Like, yeah, they're they definitely older. like twenty-two. No, no, they're way way older. <clears throat> and I think it's more of a like reflection 30. of her, the way older. her the way Mom is, not how old they are. Yeah, his mom is like. An old lady, the mom character. He's like 27 at this point. Martin. I'm trying to think of what show is it, because this has come up before where we said that the character reminded us both of uh, Ernest when Ernest does his mom character and Larry Johnson's <laughs> grandmama, but this is very much both Ernest's mom and grandmama. Oh, when else did we say that? I forget what show it was, but it has come up on one of our episodes. What other shows have we done where someone's dressed up as a, another character? I don't remember. Drawing a blank at the moment. Yeah, I'll have to go through the catalog. Yeah, I don't want to dwell on it right now. So um, the door opens and we see Mama, who is played by Martin Lawrence. M mustache and all. <laughs> the mustache really makes it. Yeah. And um, so how do you feel about Martin playing multiple roles? This is, I think, maybe one of the first shows we're seeing the main character kind of do this. I think if somebody is funny enough and talented enough to pull it off, then I'm all for it. Like, I don't know. I guess it sort of reminded me, because it's probably the closest thing at the time, 
would have been um coming to america yeah for eddie murphy and uh arsenio holler playing just a number of different characters in the movie and it's always like because they're both funny it's funny so i think it works i think it would be less successful if the person just couldn't pull it off or just dropped you know dropped and wasn't funny how much do you think a show like this played into like mike myers doing um all those movies like that that's a good point. Yeah, I feel like this and like, like coming to America. And all to that, I would assume to. coming to America had more an effect on it. Because yeah, that's going to be Eddie the Murphy first big one. Yeah. But now when you see Martin playing multiple characters like that, does that almost take you out of the episode a little bit? A I little think bit. It, I think it would have if they didn't do such a good job shooting it. Like they did a really good non-obvious job of, yeah. you know, making them. I mean, obviously, like they're. They have stand-ins and they're shooting at specific angles, but then they even do like the split screen, like they're in the same shot together. Yeah, like, the split it, camera trick worked really, really well. That off, yeah. yeah, especially for the time, I thought it was really well done because I was because I was worried about that once when I started looking up the show. I was like, oh, that's right, I forgot he played all of these other characters and stuff. I bet it's gonna look like shit, but it didn't. It looked okay. For like as long as you have yeah. a good editor and a good director, you can pull it off well. They do a lot of the shots where when when they are both in the shot together, when it's not the split camera thing, it's a lot of behind the head. So yeah. you see, you know, the back of one or the other while the other one, t- while other one's talking. Without, you know, I bet that's really, really tough. Like, that's a long day of shooting, I bet. Like, you know, just to get like a regular scene that would probably take a few hours or whatever. This probably took like a whole day because you're constantly swapping in and out. You're reading the same lines from both perspectives and stuff. costume that's changes. Yeah. No, they probably just filmed all from one side and then filmed all from the other and then edited them together. Yeah, batch them. But still, that makes a scene that you would have shot. No, I know it's extra work, but it's not like he he didn't do one line, then change, do the other line, then change. (laughs) It's terribly inefficient. It's like drawing a cartoon in real time. (laughs) You have like someone like Gina, too, who's interacting with both characters and there are shots of her solo with either one of them at any given time. So they have to shoot around that, too. Also, how would you describe how Mama looks? Ernest's mother character and grandma. <laughs> this place needs draves. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's an older woman with a gray wig. Very much uh, looks to be. She's comically older, right? She doesn't look like she's old enough, or she looks way too much old. She looks like his grandmother more than his mother. I like when Martin Lawrence dons a blondish wig and becomes Big Mama. God about that. Oh, it's Big Mama's house. That's my mama. <laughs> That's my big mama's house. I think what worked about it is, as silly as it was, they played it seriously, and it wasn't like overly campy. Well, they play, they react to her seriously, but the character of Mama, just like with Shanae later, very extreme, very comedic. What I mean was it was believable how someone would speak to their older mother in the 90s. Yes. I, I do love there's one scene during this where they cut to Martin. And he's just giving his mom like a very like adoring look that just made me laugh so hard. Like played <laughs> off of the insanity. Oh, oh of when the she character. says when, when she says he looks like her daddy. Yeah, daddy. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Gina tells her that you know, oh, I was just stopping by on my way to work, and she's like, oh, Mama knows you're a good girl, you're a good clean girl. And Gina goes to leave, and then as soon as. Actually, before she even leaves, she tries to give Martin a quick kiss goodbye, and he doesn't even want to kiss her in front of his mother. He kind of does that karate stuff to her real quick again to stop her from kissing. And when she exits the door, you have um, Mama telling her, oh, come back whenever, you know, we love having you. And the door shuts, and immediately she rolls her eyes, and she's like, I don't trust her. (laughs) 
Has nice anybody here confidence. ever had uh, somebody in their family refer to your significant other as good, clean girl? No. <laughs> that no. seems like a weird thing to say, right? It's a very weird thing to say. Yeah. I yeah. think it's it was a lot of sarcasm because she knew she stayed over. So she's she's really emphasizing all this to kind of dig into their guilt uh, for what had happened the night before. Clean was never like a descriptor. Yeah, good, clean, right? fun. Yeah. Like, I mean, well, you know, like maybe back in the day, like. For sharp. a person. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, you know, like back in back when we were growing up, like you parents would be like oh you're dressing sharp today like clean wasn't like a thing was it in that time and i'm not just not remembering it i mean i don't remember saying it to me and before mama takes off uh because her her and martin do talk for a few minutes after she leaves and like you said the the reference to him looking just like his father which is you know obviously a wink wink because obviously he looks exactly like his mother but um as she's leaving she hands him a copy of we are the world uh on record and says oh to play this on your show and he's like i can't because we're a talk show we don't play records <laughs> he's like don't you talk back to mama and i looked it up because i was curious i'm like oh we are the world like i wonder what that goes for these days so i went on discogs and i looked up uh the original pressing of that album you can get it in pretty good condition for 3.99 I've passed by in my lifetime probably 10,000 copies of it for a dollar. I was going to say, that was so mass-produced. Yeah, I thought is, it would be a little tougher to find, but I guess a song as big as that. Yeah. Have you ever now, watched how? the video for it? Yeah, of course. Many times. Many but, times. Um, uh, I really love where they just cut to Bob Dylan, who just looks like he shouldn't so be out. there yeah. at all. Yeah. Also, you know who the weirdest person in that is? Dan, Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but that's uh, reference number one of three to History's Greatest Monsters there, where we reference uh, Michael Jackson. You are full of fun and awkward, aren't you, every time we have one of these episodes? They mentioned him I'm referencing it. It's part of the episode. He was Joe, a why monster. Don't you, why don't you talk about Uncle Joey dying some more? Because you'll get mad at me if I say, fuck Dave Cooley, hey. Okay. Well, and then also the one last thing that Mama says to Martin before she leaves is, if Jean is going to spend the night, make her pay rent. So she knew the whole time. Mom's nothing. It's a classic parent thing. They know way more than you think they do. The way she comes off, I would almost assume that she was like staked out <laughs> or had been there for a while, like, you know, and noticed the car or whatever. She's in like a police car across the street with a telephoto lens, watching the whole time, listening in. And what was that thing that Mama did as she was leaving? She kind of like did some weird like dance thrust. Yeah, I don't know what that was. And then made I a crazy notice. like noise. It was very strange. Like that was him just being like, okay, this character has to be as over the top as possible. I guess when you have a character like that, you either have to play it so straight that they walk out and you're not like, you know, you're not trying to be like, isn't it zany that Martin's the mom? Or you just say, fuck it. And you make it as wacky as possible. Yeah. I think they're both effective too. Cause I like when it's so obvious that like you want to scream and it just isn't acknowledged. I think right. that works really well too. I mean, if you don't make them super zany, what's the point of even having him play two characters that's the whole joke right it would be weird if he sense. came in as the mom and was just total deadpan the whole time with no jokes just gave you like an oscar performance <laughs> yeah. and then from there uh is the first time we see martin like at work we get the monologue in the beginning of the episode but it's the first time we see him actually in, in studio proper he's working in one of the engineers there who's like wearing like a john lennon shirt history's greatest monster part two. Oh, stop it jesus fucking captain bummer 
I'm sorry, but I said there was three in here. I'm just noting it. I'm a John. The other one's Bill Cosby. Now we can skip it when we get to it. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, the other one's Bill Cosby, who we already mentioned. You know this guy. John Lennon was a monster. Oh yeah. Moving on to Martin. Yeah. Anyways, we can talk later, Gordo. (laughs) Okay. So he he was um he was talking about how there's radio signals and how they travel through space, and how right now aliens are getting 35 year old signals. So when they come, if they say "Take me to your leader," they're going to be thinking it's Eisenhower. Makes sense. That's the plot of the movie Pixels. The, the Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, the I, exact I didn't see plot. it. That's why they're all old video games because they have old transmissions. Interesting. Oh. So yeah, I mean this this guy is a little bit of a space shot. Um, the actor privately, this was already said. So do you all know? Who played the engineer? I just know if Coach had put him in, they would have won state. Uncle Rico. I thought it was going to be a great reveal in episode, but someone got a little excited about an hour before we recorded. You can't say anything without agitating you, so I'll just never speak in the chat or on the <laughs> show again. We are not. We shouldn't talk about the episodes before we talk about the episodes. Yes, sir. I'm sorry, Daddy. Because <laughs> moments like this aren't as fun. When you made it not fun. It. Nobody had to know that I said something in a chat that nobody else is in. Were you going to pretend to be excited? Yes. Well, we yeah. don't lie to our listeners. This feels like a real mom and dad are fighting moment. We lie to everybody all the time. You guys tell everybody that I'm not funny, and I'm clearly very funny. <laughs> you are hilarious. You're right. The proof is in the pooping. Well, Gord, I'll give you this. You're about as funny as Napoleon Dynamite, so. I like Napoleon Whoa. Dynamite. Whoa, hey. That movie's awful. What? No, You're awful. Not. That movie is terrible. No, what a backdoor insult to Gordo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't Damn. make sad face. I'm sorry, bud. I like Napoleon Dynamite. What I didn't like is that there was then a couple of years where people couldn't stop doing the Napoleon Dynamite voice and stuff. Uncle Rico's character in that movie, too, is like hands down one of the funniest parts of it. I like True. Diedrich Bader in it because he's always funny. But that movie, I think, I mean, look, the people around that movie, if I the years of vote for Pedro T-shirts and all that stuff, I think maybe just killed it for me. I only saw it the one time I saw it in theaters when it came out. Then I was like, this was OK. And then it became such a Joe, fucking I think thing. we saw it together. It. Did we go to the Galleria Mall to see that? That's when I saw it. Oh, maybe it was with some people. I saw it at Showcase Cinemas in Revere. R.I.P. R.I.P. I think I saw it on VHS at somebody's house. I don't think I saw it. I couldn't tell you the last movie I saw in a theater. Spider-Man. No Way Home. Midsummer was the last one I saw. I haven't been to a movie in a long time. Oh, Jackass 4. So moving I along. I haven't gone to a movie yeah. since COVID started. Is it weird now in theaters? Is it okay? Um, it's exactly the, it's the same. Fine, yeah. You sit in a chair, you eat popcorn. <laughs> oh, I saw pro- the Pokemon. Oh, I saw it's the weird because- Pikachu. Oh. Joe, I mean like before the pandemic, when you went to movies, were you like kissing the people sitting next to you and like licking them? Like you're you, half the movies you go to are half empty. Anyways, you're not, you can go to a movie and be far from people. It's not, it's usually not a thing. I guess that's fair. Yeah. Let's be honest. The kind of movies you go to aren't full pack theaters anyway. I don't, you don't watch the Avengers movies. You don't go to blockbusters. Your only chance is fast and the furious. I was going to say, though, but Fast and Furious and James Bond are usually full. Joe's like, oh, there's a little private theater playing Gun Nuns 3, like, for one night <laughs> Gun only. Gun Nuns! Okay, somebody out there want to make a poster for Gun Nuns 3 right now, because that sounds fucking amazing. <laughs> if Whoopi's not in it, I'm not watching it. <laughs> All right, Gun Nun Child. 
So anyways, um, Martin's boss, Stan, comes in. He's telling the guy not to bother Martin. He's about to go on the air. But then he starts bothering himself about the phone bill. And he's showing him the bill, and he's asking about this one called New York. Martin tells him that it was for an interview he's in with Bill Cosby. We mentioned earlier that he comes up. And Stan tells him, Cosby is as rich as King Tut. He could have called you. And the new policy from now on is only collect calls for interviews moving forward. Terrible person number four, King Tut. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we're at a point in time now. We're so far away from those people that I feel like you'd, you'd have to at least guess. And the button on this scene, too, is Uncle Rico going, collect call from Eisenhower. <laughs> he somehow yeah. also looks older 30 years ago than he does yeah, now. Yeah, he does. That's crazy. He doesn't have the Uncle Rico wig. Takes takes years off. Yeah, he looks so young as Uncle Rico. So in this, in this scenario, if we were getting radio waves from 35 years ago, we'd be hearing Reagan? Yeah. He was president when we were born. Yeah. So uh, from there, we cut to Gene at work. Gina grabs the phone to call someone who works there and asks if she had finished the marketing report yet. The girl on the phone says she is Xeroxing a copy right now. At that point in time, Xerox was like the be-all, end-all for copy making, right? It was one of those oh, yeah. things where like Xerox turned into the word yeah, like yeah. Kleenex, you know what I mean? Right, you yeah. just said yeah. Xeroxing. There's a fucking word for that, Coke. too. There's like a word for like, you know, when you say Kleenex or you say Band-Aid. Yeah, I forget or, what it is. I forget what it is, but Xerox is definitely one of those. It was. I feel like it. it's faded through time a little bit. People kind of say copies a little bit more. So I was super distracted in this whole part by the world's ugliest carpet I've ever seen. <laughs> I didn't it notice just, it would look like. I honestly didn't it, notice it. Was, it, yeah. it was like a teal. Like It didn't fit the rest of the room. It wasn't even teal. It was just some other weird shade of blue. I mean, was uh, like, I couldn't take my eyes off it. Martin's apartment is pretty hideous, too. Just like the, the whole well, I thought it was, I thought it was fine. Lost. Some of the couches were random colors and stuff, but otherwise, pretty standard. I said that earlier. Uh, you know what distracted me in this one was in this scene, we see that Pam, we'll talk about her in a second, is shares an office with Gina. Behind Pam is like a shelf full of the most oddball items. And I spent so much time just trying to see what was behind her. It looked like there was like cereal and like some aerosol cans and just random stuff. And it was an office. So it just didn't make any sense. The word that you guys are looking for, I don't know if I can pronounce, but it's gen- generization. Generization? Yes. I will put it in the chat and then you guys. Everyone take a whack at it. Everybody take a whack at this because I was whacking in my Put it in the chat. Zoom chat. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm, I'm doing that right the second. All right. Once you put it in there, we'll all have a good old fashioned whack off. We'll see who does it the best. <laughs> Generalization. Yeah. Generalization? Or genericization. Yeah, uh, genericization. That's good, Nick. I think oh, it, genericization. Yeah. Okay. All right. Or genericization. But I think Nick's right. Generalization. America. <laughs> it's Bob. We had a baby eats a boy. <laughs> Remember that commercial? I, do. I don't know how to make the chat go away. Dr. Gally Weekits. Remember that one? Could have did the we had a baby eats a boy for the collect call portion of this that we talked ah, about a few minutes ago. There it is. Yeah. You, you also, up. we didn't mention too that that's Garrett Morris, the boss. Yeah, you brought it up earlier. I should have brought it up again, but yeah, famously from SNL, I would say before anything else, but... Yeah, first five seasons of SNL. He's also on the Jamie Foxx show, which I'm sure we'll cover someday. And brother of Hugh Morris, the wrestler. The laughing man. (laughs) 
R.I.P. And he's on uh, Two Broke Girls. Uh, a show that I think we'll cover one day. I think we will cover. I have seen a couple episodes of that randomly because I've like been in the room when it was on. And I do Cancel feel like I remember him. At, did he own a diner or something? Yes, they yeah. work at a diner and they're broke. And there's two of them. Right, but I was saying, does Garrett Morris own the diner? I just remember seeing him on TV. I think he works at the diner. I don't, I don't watch the show well enough to know. That's the girl from 40 Year Old Virgin. It sounds like a tea kettle, right? Cat Denning. Yeah, Cat Denning. That's the girl from 40 Year Old Virgin. It sounds like a yeah. tea kettle, right? I don't yes. know the name. Okay. How yeah, she was dare you? Get. That angel. Well, that's the line he says in the movie. Is it? I don't even remember that. Yeah, when she's like screaming, Steve Carell says, she sounds like a tea kettle. So that's what, oh, okay. when I think of her, that's what I think of. So anyways, when Gina hangs up the phone, the other girl who shares the office with her, who's Pam, says she isn't copying anything. She's been busy on the phone with her man for the fifth time. Pam says men are jealous, possessive, and control freaks. And she dates them sometimes. So that was a weird way to close the line. Gina says Martin isn't like that. you know, And she lists a lot of good qualities about him, that he's sensitive and all these other things. And Pam replies back asking if he beats on her. <laughs> I feel like the domestic assault jokes don't come up. It went up zero in, to 60. Yeah. yeah. That, that, doesn't, yeah. that doesn't happen in the modern shows as much these days. Also, in a lot of these two, we see so much like talk of assault or harassment in the workplace. Like it's just so commonplace in these shows. On a lighter note, though, I will say uh, what this scene made me think of is we are so lucky for text messaging. Like this whole thing of like, he has to call her or she has to call him five times a day to check in. Like the fact that you can just be like, how you doing? You know what I mean? Like it's so much easier than having oh, to like yeah. find time to talk on the phone. You wouldn't you, have said that when we were uh, texting you all the time. I mean, you can charge per text. If you that's used to call ten, cost 10 cents a minute, you asshole, or 10 cents a message. And I <laughs> wasn't we paying were, that bill. We were in high school. I was getting we in, in high genuine school, trouble. Joe didn't have, I don't know if we talked about this in an older episode or not, but if we, we did, did, it was a while ago. Joe did not have a text plan in the early days of texting. And for those younger than us might not understand, but in the early days of cell phones, each text message cost about 10 cents. So we would text Joe all the time because it really bothered him because his parents would get very mad at the, at the phone bills with all the texting. Yeah. A hundred dollars in text because Jay or somebody would, or Gordo loved being like H I J O E. And then that's why one day I was like, maybe if I just turn off my phone, cause we didn't know shit about phones yet. Right. I was like, maybe if I just turn off my phone, then it'll stop them from coming in. And then like an hour later, I turned my phone on. It was just like, it's like, Oh no, it's way worse when they're all happening at once. Jay just, Joe just got a tale of two cities sent to him. The best of times. It was the blurst of times. So the girl who was on the phone ends up running in the office to turn in that marketing report. And then tells Gina that Martin's show is going to be starting. And is it okay if we listen in your office? She's with two other people at the time. So they all join Gina and Pam as she turns the radio on. That was weird, right? I was going to say strange thing. It was a really professional weird, yeah. office. <laughs> hey, let's all gather around the radio. <laughs> the only time I ever remember that happening in the years I worked in a physical office like that because we live in Boston, is when the Boston Marathon happened. Everyone was like, That's hey, different. The, the bombing happened, not the Oh, the, but yeah, general. not like just the regular Yeah, not just like, one. people yeah. are running down the street. But that was the one time where everybody stopped working and was like, can we just stare at this TV for a while? No, we, I mean, I've, maybe I've worked in different settings than you guys, but like, I've been in workplaces where, you know, they'll listen to like sports radio 
or they'll listen to they, they'll listen to talk radio. But it's yeah, but it's like sports. sports radio. You were working at Fenway. No, 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 like in kitchens. <laughs> I'm, I'm well, yeah, but right kitchens here. aren't offices. You know what I mean? Right, like when but I even then, in... it's like background noise. It's not. We all gather up like, oh, it's eight o'clock. We all have to turn the radio on, and we all stand there and listen. That that's a very weird scenario. We used to have a TV on in the background at work at all times until our boss came in and someone was watching Sharknado. <laughs> it wasn't me before you ask. <laughs> we were watching time, quality movies here. Speaking of things just having to play that shouldn't be, remember one time when Cheers was still the touristy restaurant in Boston? They had a little uh, in Faneuil Hall, they had like a little shop where you could go buy like Cheers t-shirts and stuff. My parents really liked going there, so for Christmas I was getting them like a gift certificate for the restaurant. And this is like right at the beginning of DVD box sets coming out. So in the store, they just had a TV playing Cheers all the time. And I was said to the girl, I was like, well, your job rules. You just get to watch Cheers all day. And the chilling look that she <laughs> gave me with no words on her like 10,000th viewing of a Cheers episode. I was like, oh, I didn't even think of it. Sorry. It's like when you work in a retail store that has like when I worked at Old Navy, they would send them this. It's not like quite a CD, but it's like a music thing that would be like a two hour loop. Mm -hmm. And it just, and it would you change work an it every hour shift. And yep. they change it every month or so. So for the duration of the month, you're hearing the same cluster of songs over and over and over again. I think I have you both beat. When I worked for the Heat Miser, <laughs> it was the same three Christmas albums played year round. I'm Mr. White Christmas. Was one of them I'm at Mr. least the Robert Gouley Christmas? <laughs> I don't remember. There was a lot of copyright ones that, uh, a lot of instrumentals and like a lot of weird, because like we had like a, like a stand that had like 10 CDs that we were allowed to sell. And there were a lot were like choir music. And I remember <laughs> there was like one Johnny Cash record that I would play because it was like the only thing halfway decent. Did they play Fat Like Santa from the guy from Hey Dude? <laughs> no, they didn't. You guys the did not have came out the, and was like, I'm hungry. <laughs> the NSYNC Christmas album is not at your dispense? No. Ooh, great album. When I worked at Staples when we were in high school, Jay, we had one of those CDs once that had three different versions of uh, Big Yellow Taxi on it. And Ooh. one of them, I don't, I forget who sings it, but one of them ended with a scat. Like... <laughs> Pay paradise to put up a parking lot. And that became like the thing I would hear and be like, I'm going to burn the building down. <laughs> I'd hear the end scat to this fucking song one more time. And it was more than just a month. They had that CD for so long. I want to say when I worked at the supermarket, there was one that played like the you can go your own way, like, but multiple versions of it oh. was in the loop. It's like, oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> Well, it's for people who are going into the grocery store looking for a Fleetwood snack. <laughs> <laughs> it was you stuff could like say that. a Fleetwood snack. You're the uh, worst. So, yeah, so <laughs> you hear Martin over the radio intro his show saying today's topic is male sensitivity and how it's a female plot to turn the men in the house into trained suckers, which cuts to the studio where Martin gets his first call. And the guy says he shares everything with his girlfriend. He even cries in front of her. Martin asks him if he shaves his face or his bikini line. <laughs> his bikini line. Tells him to stand up and pull it's his pants down. Burn. And look at the front of his drawers. He's missing a flap. 
<laughs> I say my one and only issue with this whole scene was there was nothing to set him off on this tirade. Like there should have been something with his boys earlier where like she kind of demasculated him a little. So he because think about like home improvement. He'd always have something that happened and then he'd go on. Oh, time to talk show, with the yeah. audience. Yeah. So if, yeah, I just think it would have worked better if something brought this on. How to just it just fucking happened instead. I'm now think, also thinking of a guy with super hairy legs and he's just shaved the triangle that would be a 1992 bikini. <laughs> and, I, and I'm just laughing about it. This way you get here on... going, we've got Bush! <laughs> <laughs> he's getting ready to go to the MTV Beach House for Beauty at the Beach. <laughs> with Julie Brown. Wubba, wubba, wubba. Um, no, I think if you think about this episode, though, if you go to the beginning of it, it talks about how he cried watching Beauty and the Beast. And then he did ask his mama, that was part of the conversation, was, did I cry a lot as a baby? That's true, yeah. So I think it was in his head, the sensitivity thing. So he's trying to flip it now. And he's overcompensating when he's on the radio to try to be extra manly now to compensate all this thought of how much he cried growing up and even recently. That's a weird question, though. I I would have said, like, did I cry a lot through my childhood? Because to ask somebody if you cried a lot when you were a baby, you should be like, yeah. Fucking probably, yeah. I mean, babies cry. Babies cry and they shit. That's like what babies do. After uh, the guy who called, the next caller is a female saying that if Martin even has a girl, she bets that she has him wrapped around her little finger. So Martin replies saying, Gina worships the ground I walk on. And if I say jump, she says how high. And he goes on a little bit more. And while he's going on the rant, it cuts back to Gina listening at work with all her coworkers. (laughs) And then turning the radio off. And the scene ends with Gina saying, I'm going to kill him. And she storms off with Pam. I thought she was heading to the, the radio station, but it didn't yeah. quite pan out that way, um, as we find out soon. That's what I thought, too, yeah. He also makes a Honeymooners reference here, too, because he basically makes the bang zoom to, to the, the moon, moon Alice. Yeah. yeah. So the next scene, we are back in Martin's apartment, but Martin's not there. His buddies, Tommy and Cole are. And uh, I guess Martin gave them a key so they can hang out there whenever they want. Okay, I got a question for you guys. What the hell was Tommy drinking from? There's a weird it was like a little glass it. apple juice container, right? It think. was like perfectly round like glass. And it almost looked like those like cannonball ones that they sell in liquor stores. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. One, I have another exist. question, too, before we do this. That last scene, they show the radio station again. And you can see the hallway, and there's a gold record on the wall. What kind of gold record is given to a talk radio station? I think his show is talk radio. Yeah, it might not, it might not be all talk. All the time. Oh, okay. Well, that makes more sense. It's po- Well, it's possible. We don't know. Right. But that makes me be able to make my brain move on from that. So I'm very happy with that answer. Because yeah. I spent the last day being like, is it like a comedy record? <laughs> yeah. Is it spoken word? Is it speeches? Like, you know, you see those like records that are like JFK speeches or whatever. To go back to the whole thing with now Cole and Tommy hanging out at the apartment. So Martin gives them a key so they can just kind of hang out there whenever. And my initial reaction was like, who does that? But as I thought about it, I was like, well, when I was in my 20s, I had an apartment and I just left the door unlocked for three years so people can go in and out whenever they wanted. So oh, yeah. and what happened? And what happened to you? Really? nothing. You got your laptop stolen. That was, that a, was, no, that was at my old apartment before that. And that oh. was by my landlord. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he could have got it anyways. Well, lesson not learned. <laughs> I will say that I definitely had an apartment too where like people just came and went all the time. The door was never locked. It only was locked when people went to bed. 
Like that's the only time he expected it was like nighttime. When you are younger and you have an apartment and they're not super young, they're in their like mid to later twenties. But when you're like the one with the apartment and not everyone else does it by default becomes everyone's hangout because they don't want to be at home. So people are just there all the time. But also when we were that age, I feel like, I mean, your laptop aside, I know like the apartment that I had at that point, if somebody was to go into my bedroom, like there wasn't much of value to steal. You know what I mean? Like when you're 20 years old. No, but you usually have like instruments and stuff, right? Like you probably had a guitar in there. So. Yeah, I probably had a guitar or two and some stuff like that, but not a ton. It was probably just like, you know, whatever records I had and some books and my Golden Girls DVDs. Ah. <laughs> that would have been very sad. That was pre-streaming. That was when you needed those. My gun nun box set. <laughs> they took one in three. <laughs> they only left me two. That's the worst one. <laughs> I need gun nun in my life now. <laughs> so uh, also, while they're there, Cole's reading through a magazine, and it was called Sports Actions, which I guess was like a play on Sports Illustrated, because it looked like it was their version of the swimsuit edition. Copyright-free swimsuit edition joke. Yeah. And he's commenting on this girl's feet. It says that the girl has onions, bunions, and corns. You could make a salad. <laughs> and I was so disgusted by that. Me too. Onions in a salad is gross. No red onions. Ugh. I'm a Caesar man myself. I don't like Caesar's real salad. Salad I'll eat. Yeah. I like yeah, onions I'm... on literally anything. I could eat a white onion like an apple. No problem. <laughs> so gross. Good. It's delicious. I mean, like, I, I, I'm a, I, I like a good Greek. Greek salad. They're going to say a Greek onion. I'm like, what's, I don't know what that is. <laughs> Never had one of those before. No, Greek salad's pretty good. It's I like onion, onion rings. Brought to you by Uncle it. Jesse. I don't like feta cheese, so I, I'm, I yeah. just, I can't have Greeks. I can't oh. have Caesar salad, sadly. Oh, that's oh, the that best ones. There's a, uh, you know, I hate vegetables. anchovies. <laughs> you have to get the, you have to get the baby Caesar. Yeah, you have to get the one that doesn't have the anchovy paste in the uh, dressing. Yeah, that sucks. Which, oh, this is a stupid story. The one time I ever had a Caesar salad, uh, not on purpose, because I've always known, right? Like, I can't have this, there's fish in it or whatever. So we're all hanging out at a friend's house, this apartment, and uh, was very much a people-just-come-and-go type apartment, right? So we're there. Classic my, salad party. Classic salad party. My buddy Jordan comes back. We're all, like, you know, broke or whatever. His parents are in town, took him out to dinner. He's full. He comes back. Hey, I've got a salad. You want the salad? I didn't eat it. Oh, sure, yeah. So I take a bite of it. And as I'm taking the bite, I can see in his eyes that he realizes that it's a Caesar salad and that there's fish in it. And he, like, gets out the words, like, oh, my God, there's fish in it. So I'm like, shit. So I just, like, don't panic. I just, like, swiftly walk into their kitchen and uh, pour a glass of water. I'm just going to spit it out and then uh, rinse my mouth out. So I didn't swallow any. But no, one of their roommates had just done the dishes. <laughs> so that water was basically like hot coffee temperature water so then i just half chugged a glass of basically boiling water and then just like <laughs> yelped like a banshee that i had i burnt mouth and no lunch it was a really shitty day day in the life joe mm -hmm. so then martin walks into his apartment and cole's kind of talking him up saying that his show you know for the day was really good and he asked tommy what he thought of it and he just replies with i think gina's gonna hurt you bad yeah yeah, I mean, that's to be expected. I like the delivery on that. That got me. And you see the uh, dynamic of the two friends at all times, too. Um, I was just going to say. Cole's yeah. a little bit more of a yes man. Tommy plays him a little bit more straight, is a, a little bit more honest with Martin. But and Tommy Martin was the one who's in the Uncle Buck TV show. Right. And Cole was Cockroach on the Cosby show. 
Yeah, someone else was on the Cosby show as well in this episode. I can't remember who. It, Tommy might have been in an episode. He might have. I think some people may have been in episodes, but Cockroach was like a real character that was like Theo's yeah. big friend in the first few episodes, uh, seasons. Mm-hmm. So mine kind of disregards everything that you know Tommy said. He's kind of defending his actions, and Cole's backing him up, saying that you know men are dogs, women need to understand and accept it. So then Martin asked them if they cry, and Tommy's like, "I cried once," and they're both like looking at him stunned. Like what you cried? Like a one. And meanwhile, um, to flash back like an hour ago, us just talking about various stories of us crying at the most insanely stupid things ever. But he says when he was seven, he got his hand caught in a trash compactor. Uh, <laughs> I I would say that's a pretty good reason, right? If you're ever gonna cry once in your life, that that's a, a pretty justified reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any kind of pain like that, I'll I'll give you. I'll give you. Have you guys ever stuck your hand in a trash compactor? No, obviously, like the- I've never <laughs> used a trash compactor. The, the only person that that would have happened to stepped out of the room just now. True. I've, true. Well, no, we. So the ones I had at work are like the dumpsters. Like we throw stuff into the yeah. dumpsters. Yeah, I've never seen like a home use one, unless you're talking about like the little thing in the. No, sink. those are things that like, I would only see on television shows. I've never seen like or even had a friend. Who had one in their home? I get ads on Facebook for those like ones that like you push down and pull up and it squishes all the trash in. But that's the closest I've seen. I mean, that's kind of cool. It is cool. I've almost bought it, but then it's like four hundred dollars, and I'm like, I'm not spending well, you know four hundred dollars on a fucking trash can. They should come and sponsor us so we can try it. And... Yeah, send me a squishy trash. <laughs> is that what they're called? Squishy trash. <laughs> they're called now. <laughs> but yeah, it, this whole asking them if they cry i mean this all goes back it's it all ties into just he's insecure right he's like he's cried recently his mom told him he used to cry all the time so now his show is about you know male sensitivity he's asking his friends privately if they've ever cried because he's hoping they both say yes he wants he wants the comfort of knowing that they cry too you know and then he can admit that he also does I think we've come a long way now for weird things like that. Like, if any one of you was like, I cried, it wouldn't be like, well, fuck you then. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's such a yeah. different world 25 years later. And you know what? I think it's one of those things that when you look at Martin's character and because you know the truth in the fact that he did cry watching Beauty and the Beast, that he did cry a lot as a kid, it makes his character more forgivable because if you go by the stuff he's saying on the radio and when he's with his friends, it would make him kind of unlikable. So you kind of have to know that there's an extra layer to the character and that he is sensitive in real life. Otherwise, you'd be like, this dickhead, like, why would you be invested in him, especially as the main character? That's a good point. Yeah, you have to show that he actually is a real person that you don't hate. Otherwise, yeah, why would you want to watch six seasons of him or whatever? Right. This kind of, um, this, like, kind of reminded me of, uh, um, oh, crap. Dave. Remember when he sent out the tweet in that first episode we covered? Just got head. Got head. (laughs) Just got head, yeah. (laughs) And he has to have the same exact conversation. He's like, that's not me. Like, I have to be a different person. And, you know, I thought it was very similar. It is. It is, since you mentioned it. But no one's really... Putting Martin up to it on the radio station. Like, that goes back to what I said earlier. That was my issue. There was no nothing to prompt it. Yeah, like, I mean, I get, like, the, you're a rapper, like, just got head. 
I get that. Like, kind of makes sense a little bit. They, they could have put this scene before the radio part, and then it would have made sense. Yep. If they, yeah, if they switched it, I could see that working really good. Yeah, I think that's a, an editing change that would have worked better. Well, yeah, well, it it depends. You'd have to splice it up because from here is when you see Gina and Pam who are finally like on their way to confront Martin about the radio show. So you would have kind of had to split it up. So you there had there was like a before and after then. But you could it still better do it if... because they could still be there after the thing and be like, don't you people have your own homes? Like, <laughs> they just like show how they're always there. Yeah. But when Gina and Pam do get there, they're in the hallway first. And <laughs> before they can get to Martin's apartment, the door on the other side opens up and then enters Shanene. Oh, Shanene. Also, the best thing about this also show. played by Martin Lawrence. How would you best describe Shanene? Sexy. Uh, <laughs> somebody that, somebody named Shanene. Boner inducing. <laughs> they they do cover her his mustache when he's Shanene. Not when he's playing his mother. Yeah, the mom but, always has the mustache, Shanene doesn't. Now I don't know if they always cover it. I remember her having a mustache later. Maybe she but, does, yeah. In she this particular this, episode, yeah, she does not. So I thought it was but weird. I that could they, be wrong. Like I said, I watched a lot of it, but doesn't mean I remember every single but thing. But why would you do it for just her, but not when he's playing his mother then? Because old ladies have mustaches sometimes. I get, that's true. Yeah. I don't think that's what they were going for. Yeah, though. probably not. But if you're going to justify it in any way, that's your best shot. I think I mean, they probably in the first in this episode kept the mustache to make the joke of when he says or she says, you look just like your father funnier. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's exactly just him, right? Like, that's probably just for that. And then they figured after the pilot, well, this is what we did, so we might as well just keep going with it. Or maybe they filmed the Shanene stuff first, and then he was miserable taking the prosthetics <laughs> off his mustache. The makeup like, off, You gotta put yeah. it back on. He's like, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. Ripping and anything then, off of your hair is painful, so I can totally see that. So this whole scene, I feel like I can't do it any justice. I cannot no, you properly... have to watch it. <laughs> it's like, you really do need to watch... Mar- go, you know, go on YouTube, whatever. Just Google Martin playing Shanene. Um, you know, we can cover the scene, but again, I just can't do justice to the character. It is one of those things that thirty years later you remember about the show. Like I said, if there was one thing you said, "Hey, what do you remember about Martin?" This is pro- this character is the first thing that comes to mind. I would say it's this, and then the phrase "Damn Gina." Yes, or like one A and one B. Yeah. But to describe Shanene's outfit here, it's Martin wearing a wig. A halter top, a gold lame fanny pack, butt and pads. has fake butt pads in to make <laughs> yeah. him look like he's got a huge butt. It's fucking amazing. Kind of has like a stretchy, like a yoga pant type situation on, right? Yeah, kind of like stripy yoga pantsy, like yeah. spandex pants. Which I imagine they had to do so that they could put whatever padding they put in. And keep it in place? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, Shanene kind of has a, it seems very obvious from the start that she has a thing for Martin. And she's talking a lot of shit to Gina. And she's like, you don't know me, I I will bust your ass. And Pam immediately, you know, takes her earrings off and her shoes, like, she's ready to go. She's like, well, let's (laughs) let the busting begin. And they're about to, like, square off. And Gina gets in the middle and she's trying to, you know, stop them as they're yelling at one another. And Gina tells Pam, like, she ain't worth it. And Shanene's reaction was great here. <laughs> and it's like, that's not what your boyfriend thinks. And, and uh, also says, um, you know, you haven't heard the last of me yet. 
And again, like I hate that I can't describe Shanae better because I'm really like, this is something you have to see. I can't, I can't do it properly. I mean, no, if you we, don't know Shanae, it's worth pausing this podcast for one minute and just po- pulling it up. It's like I said, all over YouTube. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. You have to pause it and pause us, watch Shanae, and then what we just said makes sense. Yeah, don't. But then don't leave. Come back. Yeah, please. Come back, you know, please. finish the episode. Better yet, finish our episode, watch the rest of our catalog, and then go on YouTube and search Shanae. Yeah, then go back and listen to the other sixty plus episodes. <laughs> Then go uh go look up Shanae. I really hope in the uh Martin reunion tonight that there is some Shanae. I there has to be. Oh, right? there's no way be. in hell there's no Shanae. They have to, yeah. It's not like he's beyond it. Like he then became Big Mama, like we said before, and like made right. a career out of that. Yeah, still doing characters like that. So yeah, it's not like that's a part of his past that he doesn't revisit anymore. And finally. Gina and Pam get into Martin's apartment and Gina asks to see Martin in his room and Cole cuts her off to ask about Pam and like Pam kind of shrugs him off. It looks like Cole, Cole's like hitting on her essentially. He's just interested and Cole's like really cocky in this moment. He's like, oh, why is she acting like she doesn't want me? And Pam, who's like already like not in the mood because of the Shanae stuff is she's pretty hyped up and basically ready to rip this dude's head off. And then Martin tells her to back up and respect his house. And the girls are like, you know, you have a lot of nerve talking about respect after that show. Martin is very clearly acting different when he's around his friends than when he was with Gina in private. Uh, With his friends, he's acting more along the lines of how he acts on the radio. Acting hard. You see that with people. I mean, in general, people are different when they're with their girlfriend. People are different when they're with their friends sometimes. People are different at work. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, that makes sense. I mean... Because when you're with your girlfriend, you could be vulnerable and cry at Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. And you probably have a voice that's like an octave higher than the one you talk to anybody else with. Do you guys feel like, even if it's inadvertently, you will act different depending on who you're around? Oh, of course. Yeah, I think that's inherent with most people. Yeah, I mean, I don't think like in a crazy noticeable way, but I feel like when we're together, right? Like when you're with people you've had crazy history with, you probably... You fall into the groove you've always had with those people. You're different around your work people, you know? Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Like, I yeah. wouldn't be me, like, dropping poop and dick joke, like, in the middle of the office. I think to a fault, I try very hard to be consistently me, which just upsets everybody equally. <laughs> so I, I think I act, I try to, you know, I could be wrong. I think I act pretty similar no matter who I'm around, but. Like I said, I think nobody wants me to act the way I normally act, so maybe I need to just alter that uh, as a blanket wherever I am. But Just totally change everything about yourself? Yeah. Everything you're doing is wrong. I'm not getting rid of the cargo shorts. It's not happening. What you could do is start talking in a Bobcat Goldthwait voice. I could. I think maybe I could do that. <laughs> J-Cat? Bob Gags Goldthwait. <laughs> you just said Goldplate? Goldthwait. Oh, I thought you said I thought you were changing it around to gold plate, and then I was just thinking of Jay Bob eating off of gold golden plates. plates. <laughs> like gold plates so much more. Yeah. <laughs> so Martin is telling Gina, listen, anything you want to say to me, you could say in front of my friends. Gina's like, okay. Well, I want to know why you say you never cry when I saw you cry three nights ago watching Beauty and the Beast. And then he immediately is like, Can I see you in the room for a minute? And then they go off. And as soon as they're behind closed doors, he's immediately acting very differently. He's like, yo, babe, I know you're not mad. 
and he tones it down to me. He is the Martin you saw in the beginning of the show doing the everybody was kung fu fighting. Sorry, what year did this show come out? 92. 92. Oh, Beauty and the Beast came out in 91. I was just trying to see if that had just come out. They, that's yeah, like I mean, essentially, it's, yeah, pick. like a, a hot new movie. Maybe was it fresh really on only 91 when the movie came out? Yeah. I'm thinking the live action show was the 80s, right? What live action show? Of Beauty and the Beast? Yeah. No, that was the 90s. Bro, that was like the 2000s. No, there was a live no, action. No, that was late 90s. 90s. I have no idea what any of you are talking about. So no. Uh, Only thing I remember is going to see the play at the North Shore Music Theater. For yeah, a field oh, trip. I remember that. Yeah, such a winter field trip. I remember the movie, and that's pretty much where that ends. Didn't uh, the the girl who plays um, in Harry Potter? Didn't she just play Belle? It was actually phenomenal. That was like the, the best of the live action Disney movies. It was the I was that's right. Live and Beast movie. is played by Ron Perlman. Oh, <laughs> okay. What year did that come out? Uh, 87 to 90. What? See, I was right. Okay. All right. All right. Do you know why I randomly remember that so much, too? Like, why I know it was in my head is... Because you're stuck in a lost era? Do you know why else that's stuck in my head? (laughs) Because you see the scrotum of the beast? I had, uh, for years, I I still have it, but I have a copy of uh, the first time they ever played Pee-Wee's Big Adventure on TV. It was like a big deal to tape it so we could watch it again. They played on like CBS or whatever, but it has all the commercials for it oh. from 1988 or whatever. And they play a bunch of commercials for that. It was also the year that they changed the Massachusetts license plate to say the spirit of America. And there's a lot of commercials about that. What was it before? Don't remember. Dunks. <laughs> the fucking Celtics kid. No, but there's another live action show too from later on. I think it was just called Beast. Uh, I never watched that one. You didn't watch it and cry to it? No. Would well, you tell the beast us? never got me. I didn't like the beast. So, um, so she tells him, how dare you embarrass me like that on the radio today? And he says, you know, none of that's real. That's just how I act on the, on the show. So she tells him, okay, well go tell your friends what's real then. And he tries to quiet her down because he doesn't want them to know what's real either. And she tells him it's over. You know, if you're going to continue acting this way. So now Martin's like, okay, well, now I'm mad. It's like, this is childish. I'm a man. I don't know why you're even still here. Uh, step. And he's just like, he's getting very, very aggressive with her. He's pointing to the door. He's telling her to leave. He's not even looking. He's like sitting on the bed. So she's about to go. And the second she touches the doorknob, he gets up <laughs> and just starts like, he's, he's crying. Yeah, they played and, a giant game of chicken and she won. Yes. Yeah. This is a great Martin signature thing. That like high pitched voice and like fake crying thing is, and it's never not funny. And it's again, it's like things that like, I can't do justice because my voice can't do that. Yeah, he has a high register where he can pull this off, It's but it's so funny. And he's like, you won, you won, damn. And he agrees, you know, to never disrespect her on the radio again. And they both sit next to each other on the bed, and they're getting a little closer, and then again says, grab my ears. And again, weird to me, I don't, maybe it's, I don't know, I've just never heard that before, so whatever. I mean, I'm not here to kink shame anybody. If he's got earplay things, that's good yeah, for him. It could be. It could, yeah, maybe it's just his kink. The only thing yeah. I find wrong in this entire scene is that fucking TV that I yeah. can't stop staring at. I thought that she forgave him a little fast. She went from, like, 
ready to break up to, all right, I'll sit on the bed. You're cute. Like, well, I mean, I, we instant. don't know how long they were together, but is was what happened, like, breakup worthy? Well, the Not longer you're really. together, the longer you can draw out these angry fights. That's true. It's true, but also the longer that you have them, too, right? Where, like, this could be so formulaic that they have these kind of fights. They blow up for a little bit, and then they make up, and that's sort of their routine. Like, that could be a thing, too. Yeah, that's and, possible. And um, they do start kissing a little bit. After a minute or so, they get ready to head back out to where everyone else is at in the living room. But just as they're, like, going to walk out the door, Martin kind of stops and realizes that he has to face his friends. So now he asks Gina to pretend that he won. And he's like, it's a man thing, Gina. It's um, most certainly not a man thing. Uh, so to go back to one of our old tropes, it's like 90s. And I just feel like the role of the man and or how they were perceived, at least in that time, was very different. Not saying that it was completely accurate or right, but I want to say at least in television, for sure. That was like the role of the man was to be the dominant keeper. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, you brought yeah. it up earlier, Ferg, but this is very much Tim Allen home improvement, right? Like, I can't be henpecked. I can't look like I gave in. Even though at home it's one way in front of my friends, it has to be another, which I don't think that trope really exists anymore. Oh, it most certainly doesn't yes. exist anymore. But yeah, no, you're right. That, it, that's how it was portrayed back then. And, um, but shit, it don't exist anymore. I, 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 I just can't does. think of any shows where it's yeah. like a big Definitely. thing. I'm not saying in reality, I'm saying in TV. Not as much. Not, I don't like, think as much, much on TV. Like yeah. Mm. There's not as many shows that are really. They don't exist at all anymore. I can't think of anything off the top of my head where it's kind of formed that less way. prevalent. Is that better? I think yeah. less prevalent, yeah, way less, less prevalent. Pro- I mean, I'm sure there are prevalent. shows where that's still oh, yeah. a character thing. I just, I can't think of a new example. Yeah. Off the top of my head, I'm. What about the the other Tim Allen show? Last Man Standing. Last Man Standing. Yeah, and he kind of, kind of manly in that. Eh, not eh. really. I actually really like that show. It would be interesting to do. That show is all about how his daughters walk all over him, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's actually the opposite. But to go back, Gina does agree to doing this and pretending that he won, but only if he goes to the office party that uh, she tried to get him to go to at the top of the episode. So he does agree, and they head back out, and we see Pam with Cole, and she's got him in like this like armbar type lock hold. Where yeah, I wrote armbar too, and I was like, I'm sure this is a thing, and somebody's going to write in like, it's a Kimura or I something. I know, that's but... the thing. It's it's not an armbar, and I know it's not an armbar. Yeah, some sort of arm you lock. Can't, you can't describe it any better without knowing if, uh, exactly what it is, and I don't know the actual term. I'm just thinking of Jericho now saying armbar. Yeah, armbar from like Nitro back then. So, Gina, you know, tells her to head downstairs, says everything's good now. Martin's still kind of hamming it up for his friends now, kind of putting Gina, like, quote-unquote, in her place in front of them. By the way, though, she sends her away, so she doesn't see that she sided with him. So yes, because she said that. Yeah, she yeah, did they're both playing the same game. That's a good point for her, yeah, that she, you don't see it, but you know when Gina leaves, she tells Pam that she plays the same game Martin's playing. It was one of those things, though, when Martin started doing it, I know they had agreed, but I felt that he was pushing it too far. And That's a sitcom thing. I was right. waiting for her to snap. Be like, you That's know what? exactly what I thought was going right. to happen. And I was surprised it didn't because I thought the thing would be that he went too far with it. And she said, you know what? Never mind. And did something and made him cry in front of his friends or something like that. But that's not how that went. And then 
she says she has to go, and he kind of chases behind her. And once they get closer to the door and a little out of the way of his friends, you know, he whispers to her, like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And, you know, she grabs his mouth and tells him, you know, pick me up in an hour. And when she leaves, he turns to his buddies on the couch and Cole's basically like congratulating him for holding his ground. But Tommy's very quick to, you know, again, be the opposite point and says, but back in the room, she hurt you bad, didn't she? (laughs) His delivery is perfect on that, too. Yes. I think they both saw through it. But, you know, Cole, as you said, is a yes man. Yeah. And I think they both also know the hypocrisy because they've both been in that same situation, right? Where they both have had to play that where you're tough in front of your friends, but they know exactly what it's like when you're behind the closed doors. Right. And Martin closes the episode by just saying, only because I told her to. Always under the sex joke. 90s. Leave it on a high note. I mean, it works, right? Yeah, it was good. I mean, where else are you going to end that scene from that point? So you need a quick line to get out of it. But that's, yeah, that's the conclusion of the episode. Um. So as far as Martin goes, anything you guys want to touch on that we didn't get to talk about beforehand or about the show in general? I will say I'm glad they didn't bookend the episode with the monologue thing. I'm glad there's only one at the front because I really feel like it wouldn't have worked now that you've seen who these characters are and how kind of zany this show is. It would not have the spotlight alone thing wouldn't have worked. So I'm glad that's not how they ended it. It didn't work and again once, not to jump ahead, so... but I don't remember this in any other episode. I would have I'm... ended it with bookending they turn on the TV after him acting all hard and Beauty and the Beast is on and he just starts crying. But it has to be the TV exposed. in his bedroom on the wall mounted like the bar. <laughs> all, all three of them are in bed together. They could have, I would yeah, love that. Eating yeah. popcorn? There could have been a final shot of him in bed with her like crying <laughs> as you hear like, you know, one of the like be our guests or something in the background. <laughs> or, I mean, you could also pick something that's like, you know, even more out there for him to be crying to, right? You could, something recognizable. Like, just so you can tell that it's a thing that he does all the time, not just to Beauty and the Beast. It wasn't like an isolated incident. Some yeah, I think that would have been a movie. Could have been like Lassie or something like that. You're like, or like, next on TV, Old Yeller. And he just goes like, no! Right, like you could have yeah. done something like that. <laughs> yeah, that would have been an easy out too. But yeah, I mean, the only other thing is realizing, again, 30 years ago, the show was so big, especially in its first couple of years. You know, it went five years, but it was also in an era where seasons were a lot longer. So most of those seasons were like 27 episodes. So nowadays, if a show goes five seasons, it means they only had maybe 50 episodes, where this one went five seasons and had 132. Yeah. yeah. New season right now, it used to be that to even get into... um syndication you had to have like a hundred episodes so it was yeah. like a huge deal when a tv show hit that because then i knew they'd have a second life later so they would on, always throw on. like those big parties too for 100 episodes yeah and now like you said like a show like it's always sunny or something i mean if you do seven years of it at 10 episodes you can still do syndication i mean it doesn't matter anymore anyway syndication exists so differently but you know you're not even you're cranking out these that small was a seasons whole, that was a whole season of um that was a whole season of aqua teen hunger force they were trying to get into syndication and, so um, they just had a bunch of like weird ones. No, it was just like it was very meta. Shake went and talked like the studio uh, producer guys, and then they were like, "Well, your first like half was all fifteen minute episodes, so it doesn't count." So then he just started putting out weird shit. Like, well, they're doing the show getting hour. weird. Close the dick door. <laughs> I would love to do that show. I think that could be like a fun bonus thing sometime. So yeah, uh, I don't know if there's anything else you guys want to say. Otherwise, we can get right into the green letter cancel. I think I'm good. Already, big guy. Alrighty. Well, then I will go in the order I see you in. 
Gordo, starting with you. Uh, I'm going to green light it. Uh, it was funny enough. I mean, I, I don't think that it's any surprise. Like it, it was popular back in the day and it was popular for a reason. Uh, it's like everybody hit their stride on episode one. Like it was like you got dumped into the middle of a, of a, of the series. I thought it was funny enough. I think that there's enough there to draw you in, especially with Martin playing multiple characters. Uh, it's a, it's a win for me. Green light. Nick. Yeah, like I said at the top of the episode, I went into this pretty green uh, without having really much knowledge about it. So I didn't have an opinion on it one way or the other. Uh, and I was surprised, uh, pleasantly, not surprised. Like I said, I didn't have an opinion of it. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, I really like those Martin characters that he played. Uh, I liked the acting and the writing for the rest of the episode. I think it um, it's obvious why that this show did well um i like to see it too because martin lawrence i feel like mainly after like bad boys as a whole kind of got flanderized you know he like just his character always was the same goofball person so it's nice to see i mean it's it's a similar character obviously but it's before it was overdone which is nice to see so <clears throat> yeah it's a green light for me i enjoyed it and uh, i would i would continue watching it joe yeah, I love that um, when we have a show like this that you've seen a bunch of times and somebody hasn't, and then you get that different perspective. Um, and at this point, too, or a little after this, right? Like, Martin was so ubiquitous. He was so culturally everywhere. Like, I remember watching Life, uh, Blue Streak, and Nothing to Lose, like, all the time. Because the movies were always on TV, on, like, TNT. Um, I loved the show as a kid. I was really happy to revisit it and have it be so funny. I mean, we mentioned earlier, right? The Shanae thing was the first thing most of us thought of. So I'm very glad it was in this episode. Um, I'm glad this is streaming somewhere. I'm definitely going to start rewatching this. It, I think it really held up. I think it was the right amount of sitcom-y and the right amount of funny. Um, and it doesn't feel crazy dated in a weird way. Uh, for me, this is a Shanae-yay. Sorry, oh, we <laughs> forgot we were going to do that. Um... Oh, I would not forget that. <laughs> And just as far as streaming, Joe, where is it that you can stream this? Uh, I believe it's on HBO Max right now. Yep. Great. And Ferg? Uh, cancel is what I would say if this show didn't knock it out of the park. Oh, <laughs> oh. No. Um, so many of these older shows we go back to, and it's like you look through these nostalgia glasses, and then you get back to you like, oh, th this isn't one of those examples. This I enjoyed this from start to finish. I, I, other than the quick awkward like opening every part of this show i enjoyed um from him him being the mother and being shanane just the jokes this, I, I, it was just a very well done show it had it had good nostalgia but it was just a good show anyway so shanae for me as well that's my man yeah so um i'm not going to disagree with you guys the, i i enjoyed a lot i Again, I did not like that opening scene, and it really starts on an awful note, but I'm glad that uh, that went away pretty quickly. I do like that it was just like, this didn't feel like a pilot. This could have been any random episode. There's no origin. There's no first day of work. It's just, this episode was just what it was. It could have been right in the middle of the season. It felt very together. They definitely, the chemistry was there. It was just a fun watch. And, you know, looking back all these years later, it still works. Like a show like this is, it's not 
it's not dated, you know? There's obviously elements and references that you'll make in a show like this that can date it a little bit, but the situations and what it generally is, like, this show could work today. They could easily do a new season. And who knows, you know, with all this added attention in a reunion, who knows if they, they would entertain the idea. But it would certainly work modern day. So, yeah, uh, a green light for me, too. Or a, a chenille, as as you would like about. to say. Um, so is that so, a illustrious All Five Club? That is a five for five. Um, two in a row, because if uh, for those of you who follow on our Instagram, S1E1Pod, you would have seen that Goro's mail-in vote came in, and he agreed with all of us on last week's episode, Last Man on Earth, which you can listen to if you want to go back, if you hadn't already. But yeah, that's it. Uh, congratulations to Martin. You live on to a second show. Congratulations, Martin. Maybe some of your finest work other than Wild Hogs. Um, <laughs> so, again... Go to s1e1pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to where you can listen to us, follow us on social media, rate, review, subscribe, do all that stuff. I cannot stress this enough. Please, everybody, we need you to rate, review, do all those things, subscribe and follow. It helps us a lot. We appreciate the downloads. Trust us, because at the end of the day, that's what we are. We're an audio podcast. We're here for you to listen. But with all those things, that helps us get the word out and we want to spread our wings. We want more people to know about us. Bring them into the family. So please do that. Um, let people know. Interact. Uh, the reviews on Apple are a big help to us. We haven't had a review in quite a while. So if you can give us a five star or, you know, if you feel otherwise, you know, to be honest. But I'd prefer if you just kept your mouth shut unless you want to give us a five star. But, guys, that is it. That is all the time we have for this week. Thank you so much for listening and listening every week. Tune in again next week for another new episode. But that's it. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye. I think we got the best good, clean girl. No, that's not right. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs>